You there, adventurer? Yes, you. Do you desire knowledge of immense worlds and arcane power? A codex of untold stories and lore? Or perhaps simply easy listening for your daily commute? Then feast your eyes, or more accurately, ears, upon Dungeonpedia. Shit's about to get nerdy in here. everyone and welcome to Dungeonpedia, an exploration into the lore of Dungeons and Dragons. We're your hosts, Lou and Markel. Taylor Stainfield. And I'm Travis Weasley. And I went down a rabbit hole on this one. Oh, yeah? I mean, that's not new. Yeah. So <laughs> I went through searching our emails for something to research. Mm-hmm. And a lot of good suggestions, but I procrastinated and didn't have the time to actually thoroughly research a lot of them. Happens. And I'm definitely not going to do something, you know, just like half-assed for someone yeah, who like, asked for it. Who asked for it. So yeah. yeah. Instead, me and Taylor were talking and we were like, well, what haven't we done as far as like the more iconic, iconic stuff? stuff for yeah. D&D? Mm-hmm. So I googled iconic monsters for D&D. Scrolling through a list, you know, mimics, vampires. You're typical. Owlbears. <clears throat> Owlbears. Uh, trolls was on one of the lists. And I thought about trolls. Mind flayers. But. Oh, that's not, that's not the thing we've done, but you know. Yeah. Well, th- and that's the thing is that he found that we've already done a lot of these. See, you said the word trolls, and I just accepted that we've already done trolls, even though we haven't. <laughs> yeah, we have not <laughs> I done I just, like, trolls. accepted it. I was like, yeah, sure. We've done trolls, whatever. And, like, I thought about trolls. And it was like, eh, I'll come, I mean, I, I think I'll come about back sometimes. to it and we'll see. Anytime I walk over a bridge, I think about trolls. Oh my god. Or like the um, the TV series. Anyone to remember anyone to remember that? The Trolls TV series? I don't yeah. remember a Trolls TV series. Are you talking about like the little like neon haired yeah. trolls? No, I never yeah, those. like I remember Vaguely. that it was a thing, but I never watched it because it just didn't interest me. I, I think I, anyway, <laughs> sorry. Anyway, um, then I came across the gelatinous cube. Right. Yeah. I was like, huh, that's interesting. Started looking into that. I don't even remember what link I clicked on researching that. It took me to somewhere else. Then I clicked on another link within that page, and it took me to what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. So let me guess, completely unrelated does not resemble a gelatinous cube whatsoever because that's how my like Wikipedia deep dives end up going. Well, actually, it is related. Surprisingly, oh. we are talking about Jublex. Oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, I believe Taylor mentioned it at I one point. I did. Um, I was brief- he- what? Mm. Oh, no, I, go do you ahead. want to guess? Um, hmm. Is he a? Uh- oh, is he one of the Oberth Demon Lords? Uh, he's not an Oprah, but he is a demon lord. Okay, cool. I was, ugh, I was yes, so close. He is uh, not an Oprah, but he does know information about the Oberths. I ooh, I got fifty percent on that <laughs> test, which is still a failing grade, but I'll take it. Yeah, good enough. No, so Jublex is the demon lord of oozes, slimes, <laughs> and pretty much right. all shapeless things. That's he's right. Great. Yeah, <laughs> um, he is vile and disgusting. He's great. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wow. What a... 
What a thing to be uh, known for. Yeah, to be yeah. A, a, the lord of. Right? It's like, I mean, someone had to do it. I guess. To be fair. But imagine, like, just putting that on your business card. Well, okay. Like, so... Jubilex, Lord of Oozes, phone number 666-666-6666. Even worse is that, like, his, I mean, I'm I'm not going to call them friends. His people, like made fun of him because... Because <laughs> he was so nasty? Well, because they called him the Lord of Nothing. Yes. Oh, that's right. Um, the Lord of Nothing is actually one of the titles given to him by a lot of his peers and the... <laughs> that's so mean. <laughs> ...other demon lords because he is the Lord of... Nothing. nothing. But also, literally, every slime, gelatinous cube, and etc. that falls into that category... Mm-hmm. So he is the king of a lot of things. Does that include Instagram slime? Yeah. I, I do not understand this reference. <laughs> it's it's yeah. like the, the, the those little like, slime. Uh, like, those like oddly satisfying videos where people just like play with slime, you know? Uh, like you're, like, and the, like the, it's the stuff pretty. that your niece does. Uh, okay. And it's like pretty, you know, like sparkly. See, delicious. I didn't even know that there Don't was that. like a specific instagram thing for that good lord (laughs) don't eat slime so um a few of the titles that i mean he had a lot of them but a few of them that i personally liked were the faceless lord the slime lord the patron of pestilence Ooh, i like that one and he who slithers I mean, he slithers is very good. Is does he really slither though? I mean, apparently he does, but I mean, I wouldn't. Yes? I wouldn't describe the motion of like a uh, gelatinous cube or like a like a like a. Okay, here it is. Obligatory Final Fantasy reference. Final Fantasy like flan. I wouldn't call that slithering. Well, so he doesn't have a form like they do. Mm-hmm. So the way he moves is kind of. It's just weird. Basically, he can, like, transform into whatever he wants, more or less. Mm-hmm. Oh, so he can... And usually when he moves, he just dissolves into a puddle of just goopy, gross-looking... Goop. Slime and... Slithers. slithers. Huh. This episode is sponsored by Goop. <laughs> Goop. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. I'm kidding. He is also one of the oldest demon lords... To actually exist within the D&D lore. Oh, nice. He was actually in the first Monster Manual in 1997. Oh, really? Yes. Huh. Now, while I said he doesn't have a set form, he does usually take the form of a nine-foot-tall cone-like heap that's kind of just striated in all these disgusting blackish greens and foul browns and yellows. He's, He's pretty cool. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, mixed with a sickly, translucent uh, grays and ambers. And then he also has several red eyes that just protrude out of this mass. So he's a nine-foot-tall, conical pile of shit that you should maybe call your doctor about. Yeah. <laughs> okay, got it. I mean, yeah, more or less. Okay, because <clears throat> if you find red eyes in there, you maybe should... Honestly, you should call an exorcist. Yeah, I was going to say, skip the doctor. Go straight for the exorcist. If it's like normal red stuff, call your doctor. But if it's like red eyes, you need more help. Yeah. So uh, one of the direct quotes out of the Monster Manual from 1977 
is there's no question this is the most disgusting and loathsome of all demons. <laughs> Dang! That was uh, ass. Gary Gygax. <laughs> Damn! Because that is who wrote the first monster manual. He's... <laughs> I'm going to make a demon that is so disgusting and loathsome. <laughs> wow! Yeah. Um, I wonder he, if he smells bad. Yes. yes. Oh, okay, great. Love he it. is foul and nauseating in the extreme. Dang. Um, he has <laughs> this, like, dripping form that, of what Gygax called noisome secretions. <laughs> oh, I hate that word. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a pretty picture. It, no. Yeah. Um, he's generally reclusive. Uh, he Good. hates <laughs> intrusions by any form of normal creature. Basically, anything that is not a slime or some variant thereof, he hates you. Same. <clears throat> I like mm. slime. Um, he generally will, like, surround himself with other, like, slimes and jellies and the, like, black puddings. Same. Which, the fact that black pudding is still a creature... It's just weird to me. I mean, I think it's I think it's hilarious. Like it's just it's pudding. Yeah, yeah. I, it, yeah. Like it's just like, oh, what happened to him? Oh yeah, he got killed by a black pudding. I don't know why it's funny to me. Because <laughs> it's just just a delicious confection. But no, it's a deadly monster. Delicious confection or deadly monster or both. I'm going to assume that a pudding probably tastes horrible, but... Probably. I mean, there's no accounting for taste. I mean, goblins would probably enjoy it. I am a goblin, <laughs> so I would probably enjoy it. Anyway. Um, yes, so being a demon lord, he is able to, you know, cast various spells and abilities, and, you know, he's a demon lord, yeah. even if he is a lesser one. And if he's the lord of nothing, he's probably still pretty powerful. Yeah. yeah. Like, he can cast Circle of Darkness in a 15-foot radius at will. That's not, like, a set amount per day. That's just at will. Oh, he can nice. constantly create darkness. He can cause fear, cast Circle of Cold. Uh, he regenerates two health per round. Damn. Yeah. It's, I mean, he's a demon lord, and he's got a few uh, tricks up his sleeve. I didn't pick a whole lot of the actual, like statistics to go over for him. Right. Mm -hmm. And especially not early on. There's a little bit later that I found kind of interesting, but those were just mm -hmm. something I pulled from the first monster manual here. Um, he also has a very long list of things that he can do during any round other than like the normal attack and move, mm -hmm. uh, which he can fly. <laughs> he can cast invisibility. What the fuck? He can putrefy water and food. He can cause disease. I mean, this, well, I guess I guess some of those would probably be um, attributed to a lot of demon lords. Yeah, I guess. But like the the putrefy food and um, the cause disease is like, yeah, that makes definitely sense. him. Yeah. yeah. And then every ten rounds, he can combine an ochre jelly and a green slime to spew out this jelly-like slime that is three cubic feet. Why? And then that <laughs> slime can attack. Oh, okay. So it's like a... Okay, yeah, it's a he's, creature. He's creating a slime that basically has both... Capabilities of the ochre jelly and the green... Yes. Green slime. Okay. He's not just making it for, like, clickbait videos. Got it. Nope. He's making it because there's a reason. <laughs> I don't know why in my brain I just... 
I didn't think that was a creature. I thought it was just a hobby of his. <laughs> like, he's just like, look at this cool slime on me. It's I mean, so cool. it kind of is a hobby for him since he's the king of them. Yeah. And he creates You're them. You're not wrong. I mean, yeah. So there's a adventure module uh, very early on for, I believe it was still first edition. Maybe second edition. Can't quite recall. But it's called the Throne of Bloodstone. Ooh. That's pretty cool. I want a throne made out of bloodstone. And while he's not, like, hardly mentioned in any sort of, like, incredible detail in the adventure, there's one part I just thought was kind of interesting for it, and that's that this is an adventure made for characters of up to level 100. Ooh. Oh, wow. Dang, this is a big boys. And they pretty much just traverse through all the layers of the abyss. Ooh. Looking for, I assume, the Whatever. throne of Bloodstone. But huh. I didn't read through it all because I was... Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's just kind of a footnote. In yeah, there, because assume. they do end up like traversing through his level of the abyss. Mm-hmm. Oh, is his level all slime? Do you well, sw- do you swim through like jello? No. Well, it yes and <gasps> no. Jello world. So uh, from Monster Mythology uh, for a second edition, which came out in 1992. Um, again, not a whole lot from the source on Geoblix, but there were a few interesting notes. Um, this mentions that he is related to the most powerful of the Tanari. Oh. It doesn't specify exactly how. I mean, that would be in theory, that would be in Demogorgon, right? That's kind of my theory. Yeah. Is that he's, you know, related through that whole, just, I'm just gonna say mess of craziness. So that would imply that the Queen of Chaos made him as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, as long as it's sticking to what my interpretation is, I suppose. Yeah. Right. And this is, you know, again, very early on. I do have his actual origins, but that doesn't actually come until quite a bit later from one of the dungeon magazines from... Oh, nice. 2007, 2013. Oh, wow. One of those. Huh. We get a more in-depth like guide of to his where origins. he came from. Yeah. So his his origins were pretty unsubstant not unsubstantiated, but like unconfirmed. Well, yeah, they didn't like really. They were they just made like a comet and then were like, okay, moving on. Yeah, pretty much. They didn't set anything in stone. They were just like, this is maybe what what's going on. Possible. It was it was uh, formless, if you will. <laughs> And that wasn't uh, that funny. I didn't like that one. He does have a specific group of worshippers from the monster mythology, which contains certain aboleths. <laughs> so there are aboleths <laughs> that worship him. Yeah, I mean, they're slimy too. <clears throat> that makes sense. And a handful of deranged human cultists. They're probably perverts. Let's be honest with ourselves. They're probably perverts. It's mostly like that perverts. they're just certifiably insane and perverted. Y'all know. Y'all I know. I actually have no idea what you're hinting at. Oh, there's a lot of... There's a, lo- <laughs> there's a lot oh, of... Oh, boy. You, want, you y'all, good? Y'all know. Y'all know. Y'all know. Do we? I'm talking to our listeners. Oh. Our listeners who spend time on the internet. Do you guys? Right. So anyway. So, um, taking from the Plains of Chaos, which was in the Planescape setting from 1994. Right. Yeah. Um, this is when it finally mentions what layer of the abyss he 
exists in, which is the 222nd layer. <laughs> oh, nice, 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 nice. Which is also known as Shadakla, if I Shadakla. pronounce that right. It's, it's something like that. that I mean, um, that doesn't sound wrong. But it is more commonly called the Slime Pits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, this place is kind of what it sounds like. The, At least the slimy. The areas that he rules. Oh, yeah. Okay, I know. I know where we're at. So, um, he rules a smaller portion of this plane, and the rest of the lair, or plane, or whatever you want to consider it, is the province of Zuktmoy, the uh, fungi goddess. <gasps> oh! Queen of fungi. Yeah. Oh, we got slime, we got mushrooms. Mm-hmm. The it's abyssal all... lady of fungi. It's all coming together. We, we got Lewin. Yes. <laughs> we got Lewin is in the 20... 20- 222nd layer of hell. Also, that's fun, because it's like one-third, one-third of the way to... <laughs> well, I know there's there's probably more than 666, but, you know. There definitely is. At least 666. <laughs> At the very least. Um, now, the portion that he rules consists of this bubbling, fetid sludge... Swampy, yeah, I would it's imagine. Got like a vast expanse of just this caustic, unintelligent slime. Yeah, like people that traverse it generally don't come back because they if just... they fall into any portion of it, it pretty much just kills them and eats them. Dang, I mean, yeah, yeah, fair enough. It's just like a poison swamp, and then if you leave that, you go to the poisonous mushroom forest. I'm assuming so. You're fucked either yeah, way. There's really no winning. Regardless. Yeah. Now, it is, uh, this is about the point that I wanted to note that this is consistent throughout every edition. As far as any cults go for him, there are very few. And it states multiple times that he has no interest in, like, the material plane mm-hmm. at all. So even the ones that pray to him, he doesn't care usually care or usually answer to mm-hmm. wow yeah i say usually because there are some exceptions a little bit later but Typically. most of the time no one ever hears from him that's from the material plane because <laughs> he doesn't fucking care what does he care about um slime slime <laughs> yeah slime <clears throat> I don't know why my mental image of this guy is so funny. He's just like this nasty dude that just likes slime. I mean, that's literally what he's <laughs> like. So, I mean, you're not incorrect. Yeah, I just don't know why it's... As funny to you as it is? As it is. Like, I don't know. Yeah. So, um, from Demi-Human Deities for the Forgotten Realm setting for uh, second edition, mm-hmm. this book came out in 1998. This one kind of confused me at first. But I think I managed to figure it out. Oh, I love being confused. Let's so, go. So, rather than it specifically talking about being Jublix, this book we have Gonador, which Gonador is known as That Which Lurks. Ooh. Um, he appears as an amorphous dark purple blob with many tentacles. Ooh. Lewin is interested. Yeah. <laughs> It is uh, venerated by the largest slimes, oozes, slugs, and a whole lot of other just nasty, crawly things. Nasty, crawly things. Nasty, crawly things. 
That's um, listed in, in his de- official uh, domain description. He has a domain in <clears throat> Nasty Crawly Things. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was worshipped at one point by, like, all of these such beings, like the slimes and oozes and stuff. Mm-hmm. But apparently, it struck most of them mad in a fit of fury for some sort of transgression that isn't 100% known, but... Some people say that it was because it failed to defeat Lolf shortly after her banishment from the Seldarine, and then it stole their intellects, Oh, which hmm. caused all of the worshippers, or most of them, to go insane. Interesting. The implication there is that oozes and slimes and slugs and other nasty crawly things were intelligent at one point before this yeah. happened and that is an interesting thought yeah it's very strange it is can you imagine a slime just like reading a book just like holding a book in his little just slurping himself out some hands so he can hold a book no my god what do they see Slorp. with what do they see with do they ha- do they just see with their whole body do they- can they see i i I'm not sure. Okay, next episode's about <clears throat> slimes. 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 I guess, just slimes in general. It even said that some drow that were dissatisfied with the rule of Wolf had <laughs> even turned to worshipping <laughs> Donador. Oh my god. That's such a move of like... And like... We're we're pissed at our goddess, so we're just gonna worship this other goddess that or this other god that's in opposition to her just because. You know what? Throwback to my very first episode on Lul. <clears throat> my very first episode. Which the was sexy over spider Lul. queen. And I was like, this is in the drow pantheon for some reason, and she also fucking hates him. Now I get it. <laughs> and now we know why. It's all coming together. <clears throat> Um, he also is known by some as the Elder Eye. Ooh. For some reason. Now... Maybe he has an eye in that writhing mass of tentacles. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. It, it's possible. The only reason I went through this Gondor is because it mentioned that Jublex is not actually active in this particular realm's time period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jublex and Gonador are separate entities. Gonador has assumed Jublex's aspects within the crystal sphere of Realmscape. Okay. So Gondor is basically Jublex in this iteration. Okay. Got it. I, I don't know why Jublex isn't a thing in this at the moment. He but he's not. He he's too busy. Making slimes in the core universe. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Um, Gonador's avatar, which was pretty cool, is a reddish-purple giant slug. Oh, Ooh. nice. I like it. Man, slugs are cool. I gotta say. Slugs are pretty cool. I mean, they're weird as hell, but... So cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, especially, like, like sea slugs. Like, are nudibranch slugs? Are nudibranchs related to, to slugs? Nudibranchs are cool. Anyway. I, yep. Again, don't know what a nudibranch is, but sure. So jumping forward more to the Book of Vile Darkness for third edition. Woo! Love Vile Darkness. Um, quite a few things actually came out in third edition that had Jublex in it. This one came out in 2002. It was one of the earliest iterations that were released that had more information on him. This is actually the first time I have ever seen a source book for D&D 
that literally has a mature content warning stamped oh, on the cover of it. What? I don't. I've never seen that. Yeah. Yes, the Book of Vile Darkness has a mature <laughs> content warning on the cover because apparently this book, when written, was meant for the mature audiences of D and D, the like, mature players, like us. <laughs> I actually no, not that doesn't include me. I didn't read anything past what oh it had for Jublix to figure out exactly why it was so mature content warninged. Oh man. But it was. And Can you <laughs> I think this might be the only source book that has that Imagine imagine it, Oh my god. Imagine being like a like a teen in the nineties and, and early aughts and your mom she she still she lets you play. She lets your friends come over and Hang out in the basement understanding. while you play D&D. But she's really not sure about this Dungeons & Dragons thing because she heard this other kid from this other town became a Satanist after he started playing Dungeons & Dragons. And then she sees your copy of the Book of Vile Darkness and sees the mature content warning on the front and is like, Jeremy, no more Dungeons & Dragons. You have just unlocked someone's very specific <laughs> that they blocked that they've blocked out. Good job. That they've blocked out. Now they need to go to therapy for it. I'm sorry, Jeremy. <clears throat> but <laughs> you know, like just I don't know. That that oh, man, I kinda want that book now. Oh, I do too. Same. So one of the things it mentioned was the thrall of Jublex. Ooh. Or just a thrall of Jublex, which is apparently an ooze like, creature that just oozes this horrible, like, slime and is just surrounded by a nauseating stench. Cool. Sounds um, right. The more powerful ones can actually disguise their forms to slip among the civilized people. How? It didn't explain. Could you imagine if they, they can replicate it? Like a human, like physically perfectly. Like they look like a human, they sound like a human, but the one thing they can't get over is the smell. They just smell like shit. They just, just smell always. awful, but people don't want to be rude. <clears throat> so they're like, oh, I guess this person just smells really bad. And then it's like, nope, turns out it was a slime. It's just, just huh. a slime. Yeah. yeah. It was a thrall of Jublix. That's all it was. I'm kind of disappointed that that doesn't happen to like a, like a person. Like just a random person can be a thrall of Jublix and then they find out later. like a like a vampire well no like a vampire's thrall kind of thing oh yeah so they just start sweating slime and smelling really bad Ugh. Ugh. it does tell how one can become a thrall of jublix if you're so inclined to do so Ooh, tell me more so um there are certain requirements that have to be met okay one you have to be of any evil alignment doesn't matter which one as long as it's an evil one okay Check. wait yeah. what oh I'm not evil. No, I was talking about me. <laughs> You're not evil either. Uh, you have to have a base fortitude save bonus of plus six. Oh, neither of us have that, Taylor. No. We're no. fucked. You need to have five ranks in escape artist. Okay. You need to have the feats thrall to demon and willing deformity. Oh, God. That's that's a name for a, for a, a feat. Yeah. You must have, at some point in your life, been polymorphed or experienced some sort of shape-changing experience. Okay. And then, in order to be initiated and to become the Thrall, once you have all of these prerequisites met... Got it. Mm -hmm. ...is to take part in a horrific rite. <laughs> horrific. That's horrific. the word they use. Yep. Mm -hmm. That involves the sacrifice of an intelligent being... 
where at least three oozes, slimes, or puddings must be present. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the victim of the sacrifice must be dissolved in acid. Oh, no, acid has entered the equation. Wait, so the sacrifice of an intelligent being that is not the would-be thrall. Right. You have oh, to sacrifice okay. somebody else. Okay. Taylor, I I don't think we can do it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, who has that much acid? <laughs> yes, that is the problem. <laughs> the problem, yeah, the problem is the acid. Exactly. Oh. <clears throat> not, the, not the anything else. So, along with being a thrall of Jublex, mm-hmm. they gained this lovely ability called the Touch of Jublex. I don't want to touch that thing. It no, is a, have it touch me. It is a spell that has verbal, semantic, and corrupt components. What? Yep, first time I've seen that. Is that... Okay. The corrupt component in this instance is the cost of 1d6 points of strength damage. Uh, mm. um, so you have to sacrifice your strength in order to use this spell. Temporarily? Or... I believe so, because it didn't say permanent. Okay, because that's how you die. <laughs> yeah, is by losing too many points in strength. Can you imagine rolling a six? <sighs> yeah, because that's probably about where my fortitude's at is a six. So yeah, excuse me, Constitution. Sorry. And I mean, obviously, it's a touch spell. Because yeah, because <laughs> you yeah. touch. <clears throat> and uh, the creature that is touched, if they fail their saving throw turns into a green slime over the course of four rounds. Oh, It can be mm-hmm. negated or they can be returned to normal if they remove curse, polymorph other, heal, greater restoration, limited wish, miracle, or wish spell is cast during the four rounds of transformation. Mm-hmm. Okay. But if that happens, they will still take 3d6 points of damage, they just won't turn into green slime. Wait, so if it... Goes all the way through. Uh, it did not mention there was any way to revert it. <gasps> also, the over four rounds things thing tells me that it's not just like a like puff of smoke, like a touch puff the, of the, smoke. There's a transformation. Yeah, that you like actively like a just animorph like style. Yeah, yeah, like animorph style meets like society, and then you're just like a green slime. You're just slowly turning into a green slime. Okay, we and... we knew I was gonna make a disgusting noise at least once in this episode. Yeah, be glad that it took me like a while. I'm still yeah. not very happy about it. <clears throat> Man, imagine your friend turning into slime. We've talked about a lot of sad things that can happen to your adventuring friends, but just he just melts into a puddle of slime. That fucking sucks. That does fucking suck. And then he probably would be like aggressive, right? So then I, you'd have, I would think so. Then you'd have to yeah. Then you'd be fighting. Then you'd be fighting your slime friend, and that <laughs> that's sad. Slime friend. You don't want to fight your slime friend. No. Maybe he's going to be your slime enemy. Aww. So. Um, this does mention what we said earlier, where, like, most demons just shun him. Right. <laughs> or why? Uh, demon princes refer to him as the Lord of Nothing, and he is among the weakest of the demon lords, but, I mean, it's still a very powerful foe. Yeah. Because he does still have, you know, like, an army, basically, of Slime. slimes and puddings and whatnot, he also has these, like, the impressive magical powers and everything, so he might yeah. be the weakest, or among the weakest, but he's still fucking strong. Yeah, right. like, the, it's not, like... Yeah. Yeah. The weakest demon lord is still gonna be pretty fucking powerful. Yeah. 
and I uh, pulled some stats just to show, like, the weakest among them. He still has 26 D8 plus 468 health. Wow. Mm -hmm. And 37 AC. (laughs) Fuck you. Yeah. Now, the domain that he has is his strictly by the right of power, because he has driven everything from the slime pits except for the slimes and oozes. Yeah. No, that's kind of how demons do things anyway. Yeah. You know, they're very like, you know, things are done by the right of power, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's very demon. There are still a few demons, uh, most of them being Tanari called Hetzro. Uh, that pay him fealty still, mm-hmm. and they do, like, bring victims for Jubilex and his slimes to hunt and feed on. Hunt? I don't like that visual. <laughs> right, you're just thrown into this random plane, and it's just nothing but slime, and smells, like, so bad. And there's just a giant slime, like, chasing, like, hunting you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't like that visual. Nope. How, what are the hunting patterns of slime like, Travis? Can you I tell us that? I have no idea. I don't want to know. From my general understanding is they basically just sit in one spot and wait. Oh, they do like the, and then you step on them. Yeah, and then they and yep consume. Um, he does have a symbol, but no. it does say that it is hardly ever used. Because <laughs> he fucking sucks. Nobody likes him. And it is a pseudopod dripping slime. Oh, I like pseudopods. Yeah, that's cool. That's a um, cool symbol for a for a formless slime blob. Yeah, nasty. Well, he's formless, so he has to take everyone else's cool forms. Yeah, a nasty, nasty man. So, um, it did actually mention how he communicates as well. <laughs> to tell, which finally, because I was curious, um, it's telepathically. Oh yeah. Oh okay. To any creature that has a language. Fair enough. Yeah, and I mean, being what he is, he obviously has the immunities of, like, immune to electricity and poison, paralysis, stun, polymorphing, and he is immune to critical hits. Huh. Um, It was specified that this is because he has no discernible anatomy. Oh, fair. So in order to land a critical hit on it... You have to aim for something that will critically hurt the person. But but when you're an amorphous blob of slime, nothing's going to hurt you. Particularly more than any other area. Except for the words they use. Yeah. Yeah. He's very sensitive. People don't know that. When they call him the the Lord of Nothing, he goes home and cries. He's still very sensitive. He goes home and cries his nasty, nasty slime tears. So, unlike... this if you cry every time. Oh my gosh. Unlike literally every other demon lord that there is... Jubilix does not actually, like, plot or scheme or get involved in... Anything. Anything. He is merely just content to simply exist. That is not very chaotic evil of him, I gotta say. But he hates everything, (laughs) but he also revels only in destruction. Of course. So his whole goal is to just exist and destroy everything. (laughs) What a guy. Yeah. See, if he was just, like, hanging out in the slime pits, just, like, vibing, you know... Eating things and spitting out, spitting out slimes and stuff. I'd be like, you know what? Sure, but the whole destruction thing—not not your vibe. That's yeah. not necessarily great. So, uh, darkness given hunger. <laughs> what? 
Darkness Given Hunger. Darkness Given Hunger. Okay. You have my attention. This is the name of the largest black pudding known. <gasps> How oh. big is it? It does. Well, I mean, it probably said in the stat block, but I didn't want to read it all. Um, this is also the only servant that Jublix has that is intelligent. Oh. Oh, he didn't take this one's intelligence away. Well, he needs one guy. If Come we're on. still... Oh, well, that was technically, um... Yeah, that was, uh... Ganador. Ganador, yeah, yeah. thank you. Now, the only reason this black pudding has a name and is intelligent is because it was possessed by a heterodemon at Jublix's command, and then an imprisoned possessor spell was cast on the <laughs> black pudding, which made the fusion permanent. I'm assuming by Jubilex. Uh, yes. <laughs> That's uh, for that headstrong demon. <laughs> yeah. But, so he does have a intelligent black pudding servant with the name of Darkness Given Hunger. I mean, that's a pretty fucking cool name, actually. Like, I gotta be honest, I agree. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, And I guess that demon was, like, with it enough to just be like, okay, you got me. Real funny joke, I'm a pudding now. What are we, what are we doing? What do you need? You know, because I, I, I feel like he probably would have just fought Jubilex, and if he couldn't overtake him, he would have died, if he was really that bent out of shape about yeah. it, so... Yeah, I mean, he willingly served him, so... Maybe yeah, he liked being a pudding. <laughs> Probably not. So, next we have some information about Zuktmoy and Jublex and their constant feud. Yes. Because they mm-hmm. are constantly warring against each other, which is... Unsurprising. Unsurprising, yeah. given that they both occupy the same layer of the abyss. Yes, yeah. which I was about to say, why doesn't one of them just move... And then you remember that to a whole to a whole other layer, so then they can have their own little. And then I remembered they're demons. Yeah. So critical thinking is uh, beneath them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that I don't think it is. I think think it is. Well, yeah. Then they're just like, well, yeah. I could. We could do that. We could be nice and mature about this. But why would I? Fuck you. (laughs) I'm gonna kill you and take over your section. Whatever. But. We're going to take a break. Aww. No. And we will come back and learn a little bit more about their lovely little feud. Lovely. 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 Nothing lovelier than slime and Feeding. mushrooms. Slimy mushrooms that are in my fridge. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this... Disgusting. Fantastically disgusting episode. It's nasty. It is pretty gross. That's nasty. Yeah. We're just going to do our ad break real quick, and then we'll get right back to the disgustingness. Please, no. I need a reprieve. Well, you can take a reprieve by shopping online at (laughs) MetallicDiceGames.com. That was a segue, man. That's my favorite way to make myself feel better, actually, is to spend money online on things. Yes, we do still have our partnership, our affiliate partnership, with Metallic Dice Games. Uh, Christmas isn't here yet, so... You still got time. You still got some time, albeit you are running a little short now. But I, I cannot actually guarantee you that the it'll be there on we time. We cannot. But, but, I mean, I like receiving Christmas presents late. Same. Honestly, it's like a... And that's not even a putting one on. It's like a continuation of Christmas. Yeah, it's like just anytime, a whole other surprise. Exactly. It's great. 
But if you do happen to go there and want to do some Christmas shopping uh, on checkout, don't forget to input our code, which is Dungeonpedia, for 10% off the entire order. So make sure you get everything you need at once so you can get the discount from all of it just done and... Uh, done and done. Done and done. Once it's uh, at your house, you can wrap it and or roll the dice as long as you want. Or eat them. Don't eat dice. Don't eat dice. Uh, we also have our Patreon at Dungeonpedia. If you are interested in checking out the, I'm sure, disgusting notes for this disgusting episode. On this yeah. disgusting being. <laughs> right. Um, but you can check that out at Dungeonpedia. Thank you to all of our Patreon supporters or anyone it, who's considering or yeah. just listening. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you for making it this far in this episode. Disgusting episode. Yeah. Yes. It's great. Uh, if you would like more disgusting content, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Dungeonpedia. Side note, it is not always disgusting content on the social media pages. Nope. It just might be for it like just, a few days yeah. after we post. Yeah. Uh, you can also email us any disgusting or not disgusting topics you want us to cover at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com. Travis will probably take the disgusting yeah, ones since uh, that's apparently his niche. Yeah. Apparently so. I'll take it. You can subscribe wherever you listen to fine podcasts to receive our fine podcast. Although, admittedly, this week is going to be a disgusting podcast. But, like, still kind of fine, though. It, it's like it's like a nasty cheese. It's disgusting, but it's right. good. Like, objectively. It's like, why am I eating this? But then you eat it, and it's, like, good. Yeah. But you, you'll get notifications every time we upload. That way you don't have to wait all, around all day for our Twitter to update, which... Or, you know... Go looking for it yourself. Which, who does yeah. that? But while you're there, if the platform so allows it, some of them do, some of them don't, remember to uh, rate us, leave us a review, anything to kind of help us drum up some extra views so that we can get views, listens, so we can get this out to more people. Five yes. out of five stars. Disgusting. And another great way to help do spread that. the word is to physically spread the word. Tell people. Spread the ooze. Oh, God. Tell no. people about the ooze. Spread the word. Tell your friends about the disgusting ooze. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Hey, do you want to learn about the god of ooze? Yes. And not yes, the one did. from the Power Rangers. That was Ivan Ooze. Yeah, that was a deep I, cut. They've they've lost me. But you know <laughs> who never loses me is Alexander Nakarada, who wrote our theme song, Blacksmith. That one's not disgusting. It's beautiful every it is. time. Beautiful and like, amazing. You cry every time. But with that, we're gonna get back to the podcast. Oh, do we have to? Yeah, unfortunately. Can I go take a shower for being held captive? Trust here. me, you're oh. you're gonna want to wait to take a shower till after the second half. Wait, is the door locked? Oh God. Okay. All right, bring me the fun guys. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you. Nice. <laughs> yes. So there were various articles posted in Dragon and Dungeon magazines. That were called the Demonomicon of Igwolf. Yes, I got a lot of my information there. Yes, Igwolf. Igwolf. Yeah. Is Igwil Ig Ig? I can't say that. I literally can't say that word. Is that the author? Yes. Okay, got it. Yeah, I, I mentioned in the Demon episode that I would like to do a um, deep dive, a deep dive into their life at some point. Cool. Yeah, I would too. I well, one of you is going to have to do it because I literally can't say that word. But Egg, nope, Igwolf. 
From the Dragon Magazine article from issue number 377 in 2005, this was about Zuckmoy. And while, again, it is about Zuckmoy, there's still some interesting information about Jublex in there. Right. So, skipping past all the other stuff, at one point, Zuckmoy apparently went to the Material Plane after being called by her clerics, mm -hmm. where she was then captured by the Circle of Eight and imprisoned on the material plane inside, like, this underground dungeon. Oh, dang. I'm assuming Jubilex saw an opportunity with this. Yep. Uh, during her imprisonment, Jubilex took the opportunity to claim all of the layer's underground caverns and some remote corners of the surface as his own. He didn't try to claim the entire plane. Why? Because he knew that... She would he come kick his ass. It pretty much he knew that point. if she came back, then he would lose most of it. So, so he might as well just kind of stick to what he stuck he with what he knew he could keep. Hey, you know what? That is not very demon like of him. Not biting off more than he can chew and just like you right though. manifesting his destiny across the entire uh, layer just cause. Yeah. Dang. And because I mean, like I said, they have had a constant, long-standing feud. Is it just because they share the yeah. territory? Or okay. Yeah, it's because they share the same layer, so Okay. It's not they it's don't not like it. more personal. Nope. Okay. And it's Fair pretty enough. much consisting of this point where Zuckmoy controls the surface and Jubux controls most of the underground caverns. Slime caves. Slime caves. <laughs> yeah. So in the Monster Manual five for three point five uh, Zuckmoy apparently tried to completely get rid of Jublix. Sounds about right. At one point, mm -hmm. um, she used a series of divinations to determine his exact location, then turned around and erected a series of these adamantine plinths. plinths. What is a plinth? I think it's just a basically like a tall structure, I think. A heavy base supporting a statue or vase. Okay. So it, it, I'm guessing it basically is just like a large kind of like um not obelisk but you know something It's probably a more similar. it's probably a more symbolic for this magic kind of thing. Yeah. And oh uh, using these she triggered a powerful ritual that is meant to banish Jublex to just a totally different plane. Spoiler alert. Bye, bitch. It's one layer down on the abyss. <laughs> and well, he just slimes his way back up. It failed, mostly. Oh, no, um, no. It wound up only sending a portion of Jublix's, oh, no. like, polluted form oh, to no. the elemental plane of water. No! <laughs> he polluted it all, huh? Uh, here, the denizens near the polluted area that his essence had landed combined their power to contain the corruption and to try to send it to its own demiplane. <laughs> How'd that mm -hmm. work? I mean, it was successful, but it also then scattered the spawn of Jublix across the material plane in the oh, process. Oh, awesome. Awesome. So this is how they introduced some new creatures that would actually inhabit the material plane that are pollution. from Jublix. Pollution. This Pretty is how they much. Pestilence. This is how they introduced the horsemen of, of pestilence. It's just the slime. It's just the slime. This, they introduced the lesser spawn of Jublix, the greater spawn of Jublix, and the elder spawn of Jublix. It gave each of these variants something called the slimy infestation ability. <laughs> I don't like that. 
which basically is when a spawn of Jubilix deals damage to a creature with its slam attack, it covers the target with a thick coat of slime. At the start of the spawn's turn, it can animate the slime. Mm-hmm. Oh no. Covering all foes within 100 feet. So oh. not just one, it can animate all the slime. Oh, that's... If it's covered multiple. That's a little... Yeah. And 100 feet is a big... Radius? Rage yeah. for that. Yeah, like... The slime can then sprout tentacles oh, and no, no. attacks oh. any creature within 10 feet, which also includes the target that the slime is currently on if there's no other creatures in reach. So it can just beat its own host, basically. Uh, you can, however, use a full round action to remove the slime. How? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. if the creature that is covered in slime is dealt 10 points of cold or fire damage, it'll destroy it as well. Okay, that makes sense. But do you just like wipe it off yourself? That's the only thing I can think of is that you, you just stop spend drop? the whole round just wiping off the Ugh. Stop, drop, sticking. and roll? Probably. Uh, actually, no, probably not because you just roll around in it, I guess, but... Yeah. Oh, see, you had me, or you lost me at slimy, and then you had me again at tentacles, and then you lost me again. Yeah. Uh, it. I mean, it's a disgusting creature. I seem to like to just do things over disgusting creatures. You, I don't. Yeah. Don't I don't really know why. I, yeah. I don't know why that is. I feel like at this point in our podcast, um, I feel like we've all settled into maybe not the most easy to describe niche. Of our own, like, research. And I guess Travis's is disgusting things. Mine is disgusting things, it turns out. <laughs> I have to find a new one. <laughs> More disgusting things. There are probably mm. some. Jubilex is pretty nasty, but... Speaking of uh, you having to find new things, I did find information about his involvement in the Blood War. Oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, really? The Slime War. The Slime War. So, in a book for 4th edition that was called The Plane Below. Oh, speaking mm-hmm. of nasty things. Yeah. From 2009, which I'll admit, they didn't really do much with Jublix in 4th edition, so they didn't really have anything to, have ruin. Anything to really ruin. But um, it says that Jublix actually had a hand in creating the Plane of Rust. Hmm. So, um... Basically, this was during the Blood War. Uh-huh. During one of the bigger flare-ups of the Blood War, Asmodeus' devils built various strongholds in the Abyss. I mean... Yeah, yeah, as they do. Yeah, we covered that one. One of the layers they built on was this grim, swampy layer that had, like, no redeeming features. Let me guess, it was 222nd layer. <laughs> uh, not quite. It was on a different layer. Um, It was... 528 of the Abyss. Okay. And this is another one of Jubilix's realms that's also known as Molor, or the Stinking Realm. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. That's such an unflattering name. (laughs) While the layer itself was pretty much just empty and useless, it had three portals connected to the nine hells on it. Ooh, that's not not useless. Yeah. <laughs> so the devils used a ritual to, like, regularize the passages mm-hmm. and wound up colonizing the area yeah. where they built fortresses on. Dang, that is a pretty deep layer into the <clears throat> abyss, I feel like, to have po- random portals to the nine hells. Right? 
So while it was toxic and corrosive, it was not debilitating enough to stop the devils and their plans for building. It was probably just like unpleasant. More or less. Maybe like a little sickening, but not like, oh God. Yeah. But we're going to die if we stay here. This was until Orcus and Jublix found out that the devils had a presence on this lair. Fucking Orcus. I can't stand that guy. So, combining Orcus's mastery of necrotic energy uh-huh. and Jublix's command over caustic ooze, they ah. pretty much made it to where the atmosphere became super saturated with decay. Oh, dead slime. The oh. iron fortresses that were built crumbled in a matter of days. Which then caused clouds of rust to just mushroom up into the air. (gasps) Mushrooms. The rust. Were they friendly mushrooms? Probably not. (laughs) They sound like mushy giant friends. They sound like decidedly unfriendly mushrooms. Yeah. Listen, guys, at least one per episode. We got to get them in, okay? It's true. Legally. It wasn't actually mushrooms, it was just a cloud that mushroomed. Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) But as this whole cloud of rust drifted down, it covered everything. And in time, the ground became a close-packed rust plain that then coated a very highly toxic mire. Holy shit. And on top of that, oh boy, as the fortresses were crumbling and the devils were, you know, trying to figure out what the hell to do, Bye. the demons swarmed in. Mm-hmm. And further tainted the rust with the devil's blood. Holy shit. Something terrible happened here. <laughs> Legitimately. Oh, can you imagine? Just, like, imagine how bad that smells. Oh, yeah. Like, it, dead, it's like... It's gotta smell horrid. Like, dead bodies, blood, like... Y- you know, rusted... Like, rust has a smell. Yeah. Like, rusted metal and, like, toxic, swampy goo. Can you imagine how awful that smells? I yeah. don't want to. <clears throat> And finally, we get to the biggest chunk of his whole backstory. Ooh. From the demon Nomicon of Igwolf, Dublix, the Faceless Lord, from Dungeon Magazine 188 from 2011. A slime has no face. A slime has no face. (laughs) So, even by demonic standards, it says that Dublix is inscrutable, strange, and alien. Like, I'm assuming to outsiders, but also, I think some aspects of his character make him strange and alien to other demons. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Yeah, that's exactly it. Even by demonic standards, he is alien. Um, So, his whole origin story is basically this. He was the infection in the elemental chaos's wound. A mass of fluid and solids that stirred into awareness... When Tharizdan lodged the seed of evil into the entropic plane. That's this one. Oh. Yeah. When the Obriths tumbled out of their dying world, Jublix retreated away from the imminent conflict that he could see was coming between the Mad God and these fiendish invaders. Yeah. As anyone would. Yeah. So as the gods and the Obriths fought... Jublix slowly dripped down into the open sword that was slowly becoming the abyss, Mm -hmm. which gave the elements their consciousness, and he started spawning new breeds of these jellied, slippery, glistening horrors wherever he, like, crawled, basically. Hmm. You know, I, I kind of dig that as the origin for, 
like these various types of of elemental like slimes and stuff. I kind of dig that. It's pretty cool. Um, He witnessed the formation of the abyss and it says beheld the final struggle between Therisden and the ancient demons. So he is pretty. Hmm. He is the oldest demon lord. Yeah. To exist and was actually there to see the abyss get created. Which is pretty fucking cool, honestly. Yeah, and also, like, would probably, like, you know, mess with you a little bit up here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, up wherever his brain is. Wherever (laughs) his head is. You know? Yeah. Um, He also knows the true name of each Obrith. Ooh. That's interesting. That's a a powerful piece, piece of knowledge to have. Yeah. I was like, oh, damn. Okay, so he's that person. And it sounds like that could be something that he could do a lot with if yeah. he's so deigned, but he doesn't seem to deign to do so. Yeah. Right. So um, it did mention again that the only thing he cares about are the slimes and oozes that populate his realm. Right. Yeah. And that they quiver with oh. something that is akin to pleasure when oh. he is near. Uh. And that's bad. That I don't like that. Oh. And writhe when he passes. Shut up! Taylor and I are writhing in horror. Why? Ugh. Why? He is the, quote, raw essence of the elemental chaos. I mean, so are, like, a bunch of the catastrophic dragons, and they're not nasty. You're not special. <laughs> but oh. he is special because he's nasty. <laughs> he is yes. real nasty. <laughs> Uh, he has servants in every corner of existence that they can inhabit. Servants meaning slimes and oozes and whatnot. Right. Mm -hmm. Even though they're not intelligent, they are still his servants because he can actually, like, use his consciousness and control them. Wait, if they're not intelligent, why did... Oh, never mind. I don't want to talk about... I don't want to talk about them quivering again. Because he has a presence. Uh, yeah, a presence that invokes quiver and rise. Shut up! A Why presence, are you doing this to me? A presence that evokes a physical reaction out of Taylor and I. <laughs> so, <laughs> and a lot of people, especially if you know you're like me, I questioned it whenever I was reading. Like, okay, if he can control these slimes, why does he not just like take over the world? And apparently, that's because he actually just has. Simply too many of them to control. Oh my god. I mean, his, he has a lot, I'm sure. Like, he is unable to divide his attention enough to, like, direct all of them at once. Fucking <laughs> stupid ass. Right? But this part gets a little controversial as well. Oh, fourth edition? Yes. Controversial? Never. No. Uh-uh, couldn't be. So, Wait, as- like, controversial in general or controversial for Dungeonpedia? Controversial in general. Okay. Oh, okay. interesting. And I mean, well, I mean, because we kvetch definitely about, for Dungeonpedia. Well, because we kvetch about fourth edition all the time. Yeah. yeah. So like, that's not even. It would be controversial. It would be controversial if we praised fourth edition. That like, would be controversial. Unabashedly. But anyway, sorry. Yeah, we're not going to praise this one. Oh boy. So it said before that you know he doesn't like scheme or anything yeah but then later on it says that he waits patiently for his power to increase enough to where he can control all of his servants and take what he believes is his due which is basically him taking over the world 
Yeah. And that's scheming. So I'm so very truth. confused. Like, I mean, I yeah, that that to me is like maybe it's not the direct like backstabbing and constant squabbling with anyone who isn't Zucked Moy, you know, all the time like a lot of other demons do. But that to me is still like it is still scheming. scheming. So, yeah. so I'm, I'm just I don't know. That was kind of strange. Which I mean, it does say that in in this same material, right? Yes. That he doesn't. Okay, so it's not like a purposeful change. Yeah, because it's you just know, a contradiction. It says earlier the only thing he cares about are the slimes and oozes, but then in the same breath, it's like it's he like, he waits for his power to to yeah, grow so whatever. he can use them to take over the world, basically. Okay. I don't know. Whatever. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, that's par for the course. Of it, of the text contradicting itself in that way, like yeah, it's pretty par for the course. Let's be real with ourselves. You guys want to know what his chamber looks like? No, yes. no. Well, you're gonna find out anyway. Oh, great. So uh, he resides in this vast, slimy chamber. The walls are slick with oh. Jublix's ghastly host and spew their corruption to mingle with Jublix's exudation. Oh. There's a lot of words in this I don't like. Yeah. And, and and some of them are like, okay, but when you put them in a sentence with other words, it's, it's just, bad. It's bad. So would you say it's like a, a moist kind of thing? I can't even. Oh. oh, everyone was already uncomfortable, so. You just made it worse. I know. I tend to do that. He has one uh, interesting tactic when fighting because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he is a demon lord and he does prefer to uh, delight in... Oh, no, I don't want to know what he delights in. Well, just horrible things. No! Um, <laughs> what he likes to do is he likes to grab his enemies that are, like, around him. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, he... Oh. Drag them into his body. Yep. And then he'll take his red eyes that mm-hmm. he has and opens them mm-hmm. to watch the enemy liquefy within himself. <laughs> That is, he has eyes. He has a. The, yes, he has a bunch of red eyes. Oh red yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I, that has stayed consistent throughout. Okay, got everything. it. Got yeah. it. I forgot about that. I was too overtaken by all the other fucking disgusting details. And if you think that you're smart by trying to fly out of his reach, you're not because he will just squirt this blinding acid at you to make you fall back to the ground. <sighs> huh. I don't like that word either. Yeah. So, I mean, he doesn't have a set aspect because he doesn't really do anything with the moral world. Right. Yeah. But, like I said, there are exceptions that have happened. When he does need to commune with someone, he will impose his will on an ooze that is, like, near the thrall he wants to communicate with and Uh manipulate it to basically talk to them. That's that's pretty common. This is why there are cults of Jublix that keep powerful oozes as pets. Pets. As pets. 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 Okay. Because they will wait for him to take over one of them in hopes that they can talk to him. Fair. Are oozes good pets? I wonder. Probably not. I tried to keep slimes as pets in Stardew Valley and then they attacked me, so probably not. Probably not. Probably not. Oozes in Dungeons and Dragons are probably not good pets either. So, being a being that pretty much came from the abyss and... The chaos. The chaos. 
he understands the power of it. Mm-hmm. Right. And while he is secluded from everyone, he also drank from the fountains of the abyss, which gave him immeasurable power and knowledge. And he doesn't want to use it, though, I guess. But I guess he does. He just, he he's does. just lying in wait for the opportunity to do so. Maybe he's just real fickle. Maybe uh, it might just, just be that he's fickle. Piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, some, you know what? Almost literally. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you'll love this part. Oh, no. I I don't know if I will. Um, He also has carved out these deeper uh, chasms in... With his acid body, I guess. Okay, great. Love it. In the uh, Shadokla and linked them all together through, like, various tunnels. Uh These chasms are... Breeding pits. No, no. I knew you were going to say that. (sighs) Oh! Where oozes spawned in an endless cycle. Uh, The oldest is apparently called Superus and is nearly 100 miles across. No. Holy shit. That's a big boy. That's a very big boy. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, how did it... Travis, please... Do you have any do you have any more details on how it is that this breeding goes down? I'm just curious if you do. No, I don't ca- I do not actually. Okay, you know what? Thank fucking god. Good. It didn't go in a whole lot of detail about the breeding, so I was like, yeah, we're probably just going to leave that alone. I'm doing a gesture with my hands. You guys can't see it, but um god. If you want to be a servant of Jublix, but don't. you're a non-ooze servant, mm-hmm. just be aware that you would be easy to spot. Because disease will touch every non-ooze servant in one way or another. Like, one of them might be covered with, like, these unsightly growths. Mm -hmm. Could have unnatural blisters on their hands and face. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, You could even end up having your fingers or toes just rotted away. Oh, awesome. Cool. Cool, great. Yeah. Uh, Oh. Yeah. Oh, the boils. Oh. Yeah. And to round it all off, uh, mm. getting the information that we have currently in 5th edition, in the Monster Manual, it states that his only desire now is to turn all creatures into formless copies of itself. Jubilex. Yep. Formless copies of Jubilex. Okay. Yep. If confronted, he will turn into a shuddering cone of Shuddered. slime. This... I mean, the wording is a bit different, but it's still pretty much the same. He's striated with veins of black and green. His red eyes, instead of being just, like, protruding or stuck to him, apparently swim throughout his mass. Mass? Oh, God. And he has dripping pseudopods of ooze that will lash out and, like, slam you and smack you. I don't love it. (laughs) I, yeah. Oh, oh, man. You know, I feel like that, that... Desire is pretty, um, like, I feel like it it straddles the line between him, like, only caring about slime and also being, like, a chaotic evil, like, demon. Yeah, I feel like that, that strat, like, he has a, he has a focus, if you will. Yeah, it kind of. Like, it doesn't say that he doesn't scheme, I guess, you know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say. Now, there was, uh, something (laughs) also from the Out of the Abyss adventure module for 5th edition uh, that had some interesting-ish information Mm. about him. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what I'm about to say isn't like really about the lore of Dublix himself, but I just really found it interesting Mm -hmm. because this was 
written by Chris Perkins, and I can't remember the other name. I'm horrible. But Name there was a foreword specifically written by Chris Perkins at the beginning of the book mm-hmm. where he talks about he was trying to get into the mindset of telling an underdark themed story set in the Forgotten Realms. Mm-hmm. So in Love order in order to do this, he read a book from one of his favorite authors. He reread a book that is about uh, Drista Arden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Reading through it, it reminded him of Alice's Adventures in Wonderland and <gasps> Through the Looking Glass. Oh, man. And he decided that they were going to draw inspiration from Lewis Carroll's works and paint the Underdark as like an insanely wondrous domain. Well, I mean, because it is. It is. You got mind flayers and you got aboleths. You got political conflict. You know, what more, what do, you more do you need? What more do you need? <laughs> and... uh This whole next part is a direct quote from the foreword. First, we needed a villain as deranged as the Queen of Hearts. Lolth was an obvious choice, as was Zuktamoy. In researching the latter, I was reminded of the Demon Queen of Fungi's ongoing feud with Jublex. That's when it occurred to me that we could be bold and tell an Underdark story featuring not just one Demon Lord... But several of them. Maybe even all of them. Oh my god. That's a lot. That's of a demon lot of demons. Lords. It is. So I just kind of found that interesting that, you know, in order to get into the mindset, he read an old book, which then sent him into don't mind the pun, a rabbit hole <laughs> into Alice in Wonderland. Okay, that I, I love that though, because I feel like if if you were to have a particular setting like a kind of alternative setting in Dungeons and Dragons that was inspired by Alice in Wonderland. It'd be the Feywilds. Yeah, I feel like everyone would go straight to the Feywilds. So the idea of like an Underdark um, story inspired by Alice in Wonderland is so compelling to me. Yeah, it's like, God. Right? Right. Like, and it's just dark. It prob- Well, it's probably pretty dark, but, <clears throat> you know. And because, you know, this is like more or less present times now. I right. didn't pull a lot of information out of this adventure because I don't want to possibly spoil for anyone. Yeah, of course. But there are a few things that I took. So spoiler warning, if you're playing through the adventure currently, this might be the time to tune out. Yeah. There is a gelatinous cube named Globagul. Oh my god, I love it. That apparently, thanks to Jublix's arrival in the Underdark... Has an intelligence of 10. So we now have a intelligent gelatinous cube. I love um, him. It did mention that Globagul is not interested in like killing any adventures <gasps> it comes across. I love him. But instead he wants to learn about the world. Oh my god, I love him. We have to play this module right now and make Globagul our friend. <laughs> I love him. I support yeah. him. Um, there was also, and of course I would be the one to find this, a deep gnome. Yes. That apparently had these really odd habits of capturing and studying oozes and also stealing and hoarding food until it rotted and then talking to it. Talking to the rotten food? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, the, the, they were just a bit insane. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. I do that too when things in my fridge rot because I don't eat them. I'm like, why? <clears throat> Why would you forsake me like this, head of cauliflower? No, oh boy. But then I throw it away, so. 
And I mean, as you would expect, he was shunned from his original society. No. No, really? And decided to go and live with the oozes for several years. Um, Eventually subjugating a black pudding that he calls Princess Ebenmeyer. And a gray ooze that he calls Prince Livid. Because that ooze is probably livid with him. Yeah. (laughs) What the? Um, That guy's a pervert. That guy's a pervert. Hang on. What? Hang on. Hangs on. Hang on. So, when Jubilex entered the Underdark, it caused a lot of weird things to happen with the slimes and Mm -hmm. puddings and everything there. Yeah. Um, It caused a lot of them to, like, go find him, and he wound up following the oozes that were attracted to Jubilex, and once- The gnome guy? Yes. Okay. Once he arrived there, pledged his eternal loyalty to him. Yeah, because that's like King Ooze. That's like the big the big ooze on campus right yeah. there. So of course he would. So after this, uh Jublix granted him the power to summon and command oozes. Great. And I I don't know, it didn't specify, or if it did, it was somewhere else, maybe a little further down. I don't know if Jublix gave him this name. Or if he gave himself this name. Oh no. Oh no. Either way, he now has the name the Pudding King. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that guy's a pervert. And he holds court in an abandoned town. (sighs) With a bunch of oozes. With a bunch of oozes. Literally oozes as his Oodles of Oozes. Court. (sighs) That guy's a pervert. That guy's a sicko. I I that guy's a freak. I'm just saying it right now. That guy's a freak. So, uh... <laughs> I'm broken. Chris Perkins, if uh, you happen to hear about this, please reach out, because I would love to know more about this Pudding King guy. <laughs> please don't. No, don't listen to them. Do. <laughs> oh! I... I... I hate him. I... I hate the, I hate the Pudding King. Off with the Pudding King's head. Oh, wait, because this is Alice in Wonderland. Off with his head. Well, it appears that I have broken Taylor. I'm, I mean, I'm fine. I'm just kind of grossed out. That and, guy's a uh, His name's Pudding King. <laughs> the Pudding King. Uh, did he have like a reg? Because, I mean, that could be like a title. But I feel like he's also the kind of person who would be like, you will refer to me as the Pudding King and the Pudding King No, only. that is literally his name now. Oh, God. Did he get it legally? His and name and past life basically is gone, and he is now known as the Pudding King, and his life is ooze, ooze, ooze. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's all I got for you. That's where I decided well, to end that because I well, mean that was the, the why best would you place not to end, end on it. the Pudding King. Yeah. That was a uh, quite an uh, interesting climax. Because I'm telling you, that guy's a pervert. I just know it. <laughs> He called them princess and prince. That guy's a perv. And now he is a he's not, he's king. Their, he's their king now. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. He he might be a little bit of a perv. And now he's a lot of it. So uh, thank you everyone so much for listening. If you made it through to the end of this episode, uh, congratulations and thank you, thank you so much because I mean it's amazing. Uh, don't Good forget. Word to give us a follow on all of our various social media platforms. Um, if you want to surprise a friend, you can tell them about this episode. 
Oh, yeah, that'll friend, be surprising. They'll have no idea what they're getting into. Your friend who makes ASMR Instagram slime videos. Oh, they my like God. This. Yes, actually tell that person. <laughs> tell that person. Yeah, if you have that the one of those people in your life. Yeah. Or even yeah. if you don't, honestly. Either are you, way. Are you suggesting our followers just, like, harass a person? <laughs> Like their friend, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I mean... <laughs> no, I don't mean... you said either way. <laughs> no, I, I meant, like, even if the people in your life aren't insta-famous slime people. Oh, you should yeah, still yeah. tell them about this episode. <laughs> don't just harass a random person who makes pretty slime. Right. That's just not nice. That's... Yeah, that's not nice. If you do have anything that you would like to suggest as a topic for us to cover or... Comments about the disgusting, nasty episodes that I apparently tend to like to do. <laughs> yeah. Or virtually anything else, you know, feel free to email us at the dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com email address, and uh, we'd appreciate that as well. And uh, with that, I believe... No, we're done. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was I was being polite, but we're, we're, we're done. We're done. It, that was over. gross. It, and hopefully next week is a little bit less disgusting. <laughs> Right here on Dungeonpedia. Why? <laughs> I only got like the one good one in there. The Pudding King arrives. I'll kill you both.